0: Good afternoon traders, let's get right into stock market movers where we get you all the headlines in the market and of course get to the expert opinions to keep you in the informational edge. We have a great show today, we'll get into Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, Hasbro, Lockheed Martin, Silvergate Capital, LG Chem, AVO, Starboard taking another stake wedbush downgrading carvana microsoft velodyne lidar apple new products and we'll get into a little bit of some oil stock talk and of course we got our experts today we're gonna have eric schiffer here ceo of patriarch organization he's gonna be joining us at 115 at 145 we got matt smith lead oil analyst at america's at Kepler. excited to get right into the action today we got a lot to talk about this market it's moving up and down let's get right to the action this is stock market movers I'm your host money Mitch and let's see what today's market gives us Ooh, it's a tough one right now towards 369 we were just at 375 now going down where is this market going nobody knows so let's find out On stock market movers. There are three ways to make a living in this business be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism, and I want to breathe more than any man alive all right let's get right into the action the first thing we need to take a look at let's just take a look at the overall market spy coming down there towards uh low on the day let's see where we got it uh looks like uh on the day and let's go to the 15 minute as we're pulling back we had a big you know pre-market run And then we're coming right back down. It looks closer towards yesterday's close. Yesterday's close being at 366.82. Will we get all the way down there? That's what we're going to keep paying attention to. You can see it on the daily, pulling on back. And it just seems like, you know, every time we get in one of these rallies, everyone thinks it's the bottom. And you guys are finding out that it's not going to be as simple as just saying the bottom and seeing that V type of bottom, right? I mean, we got that in the pandemic I don't think we'll get a V bottom in the uh, bear market of kind of 2022 here. So we'll see what happens. Pulling on back to 369. Does this mean that the market's breaking down? No, it's just pulling back and, and showing us that it's not just going to go straight up off of the rebound. Well, let's keep going. Let's get into some of these earnings reports that were out today. Let's go to Goldman Sachs and let's start talking about... How It's trading on the day. It was getting a nice little boost out the gates. Now starting to really give away some of those gains from the earnings. Let's give their numbers here. Goldman Sachs EPS at $8.25 beating the $7.71 estimate. Sales at $11.98 billion beating the $11.4 billion estimate. Goldman Sachs sees Q3 investment bank revenues at $1.58 billion, down 57% year over year. Global market revenue at $6.2 billion, up 11% year over year. When you take a look at their provision for credit losses, this was a little interesting at $515 million versus $175 million year over year. And also on CNBC's Squawk Box, uh, Goldman CEO, David Solomon, said that there's a good chance of a recession, so it's time to be cautious. And those were comments from Squawk Box this morning. Looks like Goldman got a little bit of a bounce here out the open and tried to get towards a new high. Stopped right at the around the 324.50 area. We got through that kind of earlier high which was a 323 but quickly rejected right back down and started to pull back is this affecting all the banks well we can take a quick look take a look at bank of america pulling back today jpm pulling back today so it seems like it's affecting all the banks but of course with the spy pulling back that's not going to help it Uh, let's continue going to the next uh headline here let's go towards johnson and johnson's number J&J, let's see how it's performing on the intraday. It is pulling back after a nice little raise in the pre-market action. Of course, everyone was pointing to, but strong earnings reports. That's why we're having the rally. Well, the truth is they just wanted to put something behind it. And it seems to me like even though these stocks were making good moves in pre-market, it's not like they were kicking it out of the water, but let's talk about here Johnson and Johnson. Their EPS coming in here at two dollars and fifty-five cents, beating the two dollars and fifty-two cent estimate. Sales at twenty-three point eight beat the twenty-three point four seven billion estimate. They did lower their twenty-two guidance though. At Johnson and Johnson sees full year adjusted EPS at ten dollars and two cents to a high end of ten dollars and seven cents, and operational sales going to 93 billion and a high end of 93.5 billion so lowering that 22 guidance and giving up some of those gains here and it really i mean technically from the open the open was at around 16521 we're not too far off of that kind of sideways action more here on johnson and johnson Let's go to Hasbro, and let's keep going through these earnings report. Then we'll have a lot to talk about on what was hot and what was not. We'll take a look at some other charts out there. If you guys caught a move or they caught your attention, feel free. Throw it up in the chat. It's good to see you guys here. We got Mad Money, Beach Bum. Who else is in the house? Say hello in the chat. It's always good to see you guys. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Hasbro. Hasbro. And this one was an interesting one because I'm really wondering how the retail season is going to go uh, for the winter months, right? How how will the Santa Claus rally come? Will it come at all, right? I mean, Hasbro here EPS at a dollar and forty two cents, missing the dollar and sixty estimate. Sales at one point six eight billion, missing the one point seven two billion estimate. Hasbro sees full year twenty two revenue flat to slightly down in constant currency and sees 16% adjusted operating profit margins. CEO Chris Cox pointed that increasing price sensitivity among consumers was the reason they didn't hit their numbers. Uh, for the fourth quarter, they also stated, which of course includes Christmas, that the company expects flat results versus what they received last year. Um, I think that this is something that we need to keep on watch, right? How is the consumer truly? And I think that overall, you know, we're all have gone through this high inflation wave. We've been paying more and more and more and more. And as the months and months and months keep going by, as we keep paying more and more, how will that affect a season like the holiday retail sales that are coming up? I think they're going to put a heavy impact and I think that that's truly when we're going to find out, are we in a recession? Does the consumer have spending to, to go ahead and put towards, let's say, like leisure buys like this? Um, we'll have to pay attention to see what happens in this retail season. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. And of course, with higher interest rates, no change in tune from the Fed, recession talks out there. I'm wondering, will this be the area where we really start seeing the recession kind of meet the eye test? Because right now, as you'll probably see around, the eye test tells us that it still doesn't seem like there's a recession because at least from what I see, I see a lot of spending out there still. All right, getting out of Hasbro, let's go to the next earning stock. That's going to be Lockheed Martin, of course, LMT. You guys can take a look. Look at that move today. Really nice move. I talked about this yesterday as this was coming down there towards 390s. This looked really good on the weekly outlook. I said if it could get back above that 400, we're going to be looking great. And look at that level, nice little break above and continuing to run. This having a really nice move. I talked about this move on our live trading. I even broke down this pattern and how we could attack that uh, that pattern that we had today at 10 a.m. Nice little breakout. It continued going up there from there about 5.6%. Overall on the day, we're up about 8.24%. It's a great day there for Lockheed Martin. Let's give their numbers. So Lockheed Martin came in with a st- EPS at $6.71, beating the $6.68 estimate. Sales at $16.6 billion, missing the $16.64 billion estimate. They reaffirmed 22 Outlook and said on October 17th, they authorized a purchase of up to an additional $14 billion of the common stock. So definitely a nice little push there for Lockheed Martin. And not a bad day there. Hope somebody was able to make a money on that move. Hertz, yeah, that LMT, what a move there. Quantum, how are we doing out there? Hammer, can I get your opinion on REL? I got you, Hammer. Just stick around. When we get into what was hot and what was not, remind me, and I'll make sure that I get into REL. Just going to quickly get through all these earnings reports before we get to our first interview. BCRX, we'll go ahead and I'll talk a little bit about that one a little later, Joe. I don't mind taking a look. It's good to see you there, Omar. Uh, Netflix is going to be a miss. (sighs) Netflix is a hard one. I felt like that run yesterday just had a lot of people taking profits coming down today towards the 240s. Last one in the earnings. Let's talk about Silvergate and Silvergate Capital taking a big beating down. And Wells Fargo had put out a downgrading on Silvergate. Of course, this one has a lot attachment to cryptocurrency. And so until kind of that, Kind of changes. I also have a downside outlook here for Silvergate, uh, but their Q3 EPS at a dollar twenty-eight, missing the dollar and thirty-four cent estimate. Sales at eighty-nine point three four million, missing the hundred point three five million estimate. So off there by about ten percent there on their sales from the estimate. Not a good outlook here for Silver Capital Corporation, especially in our red day in the market. It's going to continue to bleed. It's down there towards 55.83. And yesterday's close was at 77, uh, 77. So big down day for SI, down about 21% just from yesterday. And this one, I feel like it's going to continue to crack. And also giving us some insight into MSTR. I have a feeling we'll probably see the same from MSTR soon. If we continue to see the same area, Of struggle, of course, coming from cryptocurrency, not making moves. As winter continues, I think you'll start seeing these stocks break down, but we'll see what happens there in MicroStrategy. All right, getting out of MicroStrategy and Silvergate. Let's get out of that conversation. In a second, we're going to get into our interview, like always, team. What it's all about here at Benzinga is trying to stay in the competitive advantage. How do we give you that competitive advantage? Well, we go ahead and we give these experts truly the floor to give you the perspective, right? If you watch these experts on different medias, they'll probably get pushed off quickly in their manner because they want to focus on their topics, not talk too long for these interviews We try to do our best to truly give you the perspective, so I'm excited to get into our first interview today. We're gonna talk with none other than Eric Schiffer, CEO of the Patriarch Organization. If you guys are excited, give a thumbs up in the chat. Let's go ahead, let's get it started in our first interview. All right. Let's get Eric on right now and let's get right into the action because it seems like it doesn't stop right now. Has the Fed gone too far with the hikes? I'd ask you, Eric. What do you think? Uh,
1: I, you know, I don't think they've gone too far. I think that um, that this is a decision they've made to um, uh, ensure that we're not going to have a, uh, a an extended period of inflation. And I do think the pivot's close though, and I think the last time I was on your show, I felt like you know we the market had more to drop. Um, mm-hmm. I think it did, and uh, and and I think you'll see a pivot in some form, and I think it's going to come in sort of a, a tripartite fashion. So the first pivot will be a pause, um, and that'll be uh, f- that'll be done lightly by the Fed. The next uh, pivot will be. Um, Uh, potentially a a choice to then stop uh and then i I think your next pivot will be the lowering uh and the market you know at this point hasn't really uh for investors it it really hasn't absorbed the fact that we're likely to see significant earnings um uh you know drops and i'm anticipating anywhere from 10 to 25 percent lower earnings over the next year and that's the impact from the recession. And yes, are, are we seeing the visual elements? Are, are many businesses seeing it? Um, it depends on the sector. So if you're in certain sectors, you're absolutely seeing an impact. Um, you know, in financial, in certain aspects of kind of the mortgage business, um, and other areas, uh, you're seeing it uh, as it relates to kind of the traditional services business. Not yet, but I think it's coming. And so. Uh, And with that will come layoffs. Uh, With that will come sort of a reset of how people view the economy. Uh, And so, from an investor perspective, the next six months will likely be the bottom, right? I don't. I think you're you were what in what appears to be a bear rally uh, right now, Uh, and that could take us maybe as high as four thousand, a little bit higher. Uh, But then I think what drops us lower than the thirty-five range that we were in. be the reality that earnings need to reset and so where does that take us down to maybe three maybe a little bit lower and then then you're at the bottom and you've got sort of a foundation for where uh the you know the fed ultimately uh the pivot and the cuts come in and you've got a ride for the next uh couple years and that that's how i see it in playing um and um and i think it's very likely that we'll see kind of uh the situation like that
0: So it sounds like you're in the uh, camp that you would say we're closer towards the end than the beginning of the bear market. It seems like uh, six months out. Doesn't seem too bad there. Do you feel that we've already gone through the
1: recession or that we're going into one? Oh, no. We went through a sort of technical recession early this year. Uh, Look, we may be in the beginning stages of the recession. That's all going to depend upon how bureaucrats and counters look at this uh much later you know when we're way out of this thing uh but we're not in the eye of the storm that's for sure i i think we're in the early stages of it and when companies begin to start seeing other companies make announcements and cuts you're going to see a much more conservative approach and that's how it happens so it's a sort of pack mentality um as credit continues to be constricted people just take less risks. It's all about the credit cycle in large part. And so you you'll see a situation in which uh layoffs will occur, cutbacks will occur in terms of capital spending. Um that then will affect other kind of CEOs in, in other markets. It'll in fact it'll certainly affect um, you know, the employee mindsets in terms of uh purchasing. So I I anticipate um, that it will get a lot worse, um, and uh, but from an investor perspective, I think we're close to the end. I think we're within the next quarter or two from the, it being the uh, the bottom of all of this.
0: Sounds good to me. I mean, definitely we need to kind of get some optimism into the markets, but of course there has been some MMA activity lately, and it seems like the markets have not truly been appreciating these acquisitions. How do you feel about these companies uh, making acquisitions, especially in this environment?
1: Um, I don't think that the market's necessarily going to always appreciate M&As at this stage. Um, Again, we're... um, it's going to depend on the sector. It'll depend on the story of the company itself. Uh, investors are um, less interested in that and more, I think, more interested in sort of the macro play uh, right now. But I think when we hit a bottom, I think the MA piece could be very interesting. And I think that there will be a greater attention and probably more value given uh, in the form of investor interest because, uh, you know, that'll be a creative to earnings in time. Right. So uh, but at this stage, um, I'm not seeing it, you're not seeing that pattern. And by the way, that's not unusual. I mean, I've seen that in other uh, environments in which uh, moving into a recession, uh, that was the case.
0: Now, is there any sectors or industries to look for a change in sentiment that possibly could maybe turn before we get that bottom?
1: Well, change in sentiment. So you're talking about sentiment in terms of earnings?
0: Yeah, it could be in earnings, especially when we're talking to tech. You know, that's kind of like the area that I've been looking at. Of course, it's the most hit down sector. You look what relative. I'd be looking at,
1: yeah, I'd be looking at the dollar relative. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking at the yields on the two year. Um, those are the things that I'd be paying attention to. And ultimately, it comes down to the Fed. I mean, it's ultimately going to be a question of the Fed, how, how they play this. And, um, you know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of earnings of uh, concerns this cycle. I think it's going to come Q4. And, and that's why I think you're looking at probably early next year in which the market does its final reset on, on valuation. And that's the time where uh, it would be interesting to... Uh, I would be certainly making some big bites. When you get into that 33, 32, 31, 3000, that's an interesting place to be for investors uh, over the next year to year and a half.
0: Now, one thing, of course, uh, as we get closer towards the year's end, uh, investors out there are definitely going to be looking for opportunities. Where do you feel the biggest opportunities are going to be? Is it going to be the hardest down hit sectors? Or should we still look for the strength, like energy, to continue into next look,
1: year? Look, I, I I'm I overweight in energy. I think healthcare is going to be an interesting place. I think tech yeah. is going to be uh, not necessarily the best place to be. Um, I think emerging markets, given the fact that the dollar is going to be now changing its relative strength, will be interesting. Uh, I think uh, commodities, and metals in particular, uh, tend to do well in an inflationary environment. Where I mean, the Fed's going to be backing off right at some point they back off. That means inflation is now kind of more normalized in the three to four percent or four to five percent. And that's going to change. uh, And and then certainly that will affect how uh, some of these metals and uh, precious metals are uh, are valued overall.
0: Well, thank you for joining me. Like always, Eric Schiffer, CEO of the Patriarch Organization. I will go ahead and throw up your link. I want you guys to go ahead and check out the Patriarch Organization. If you guys have a next big idea, go ahead and reach out to Eric. He's going to be ready for it. Appreciate it. Like always, Eric. Good to see you, my friend.
1: Take care. Thank you. Take care.
0: All right. There's our first interview and I will throw up that link in the chat. I want to keep going into the uh, headlines. And I agree, Hertz. I, I always love talking to Eric. It seems like he gives it to us straight. That's all we can ask for, right? Let's continue going into the headlines out in the market right now. I did see Apple put out some headlines today. Let's talk about their new versions of products that are coming out right now. Apple catching a little bit of a bounce with the market. And it's been trying to get back above the VWAP, but keeps rejecting right now. Let's take a look at the market. And there you guys see Apple. It's tried to make its move, just can't get above right now. But let's talk about what kind of headline was out there today. So Apple announced new versions of its iPad Pro, a new 10th generation iPad, and updated Apple TV 4K. Of course, the Apple TV 4K has a faster processor, ships in two models, Wi-Fi only, Um, Also has an Ethernet model, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, which, of course, allows for wired Internet connection and has twice the storage. Interesting there with their kind of uh, 4K play, of course, the competition to Amazon's uh, Fire TV. Uh, But the interesting part is also them moving more and more and trying to figure out what to do with the iPad, right? The iPad was kind of the first kind of – Product that really kind of kicked that off for them. Eventually they went more into the iPhones, but it looks like they're going back into the iPads and definitely bringing some new features. They brought the uh, M2 chip to these iPad Pros, which is going to definitely give it a nice boost in power. Um, and it, it's a good lift for them. I think it's definitely them trying to continue moving forward, trying to have different products than just the iPhone Continuing to try to redevelop um, the iPad to try to continue milking that product, right? I mean, a lot of us use an, uh, an iPhone or a phone to do the same thing that you can do on an iPad, but I still use my iPad. I have, I have one from last year that I enjoy uh, just kind of watching some streaming uh, services on. So Apple making good moves here with their new products. Now, will this actually change the trend That's what I'm keeping an eye on. Of course, I've talked about the 138 for Apple is going to be so vital. Right now, we're just kind of battling sideways here. We really need to get out of this kind of funk that we're going sideways. But sideways is better than down, right? At least that's what I would say. And if Apple could get back above 150, I would definitely get bullish. But for right now, it's around the 145 area and needs to make the move towards that 150 to get me bullish on Apple. All right, let's continue going to the headlines that are out in the market. We got through the earnings. So let's talk a little bit about the activist investor Starboard revealing a stake in Salesforce. We don't know exactly on the dollar amount. Uh, This was released on CNBC, but it definitely gave CRM a lift in the pre-market and it gave back all those gains. It closed the shadow, came back towards that 152 and then bounce right off of that. So we'll see if it can close into the green. You guys can see it's trying to push, trying to push. It could keep coming back down here. Uh, Definitely got some lift in the pre-market. We'll see if it's able to hold up here. And if we get some release on exactly that stake in Starboard today, I'll keep watch to see what happens from Salesforce. Let's continue going. Let's get through all the headlines out there. And of course, we'll get into what was hot and what was not coming up. All right, next headline. Let's get towards AVEO. AVEO coming in here with a big spike. And what happened here? Well, LG Chem acquiring AVEO. Uh, this is for an oncology uh, company here, a biotech, and it's for fifteen dollars a share in cash and giving them the forty-three percent premium. So you guys see it right now at fourteen seventy-eight. I feel this eventually gets to 15, but it's just going to kind of teeter around here for the ARBs. It's nothing that we can jump on now, but if you were able to wake up to it and you had AVEO, well, there you guys see the spike. Not a bad overnight gain there. Of course, 43% premium LG Chem scooping up AVEO. All right, continuing out of that, let's go towards the next headline, which is going to be on Wedbush uh Wedbush downgrading Carvana. They just they don't like Carvana. Uh Crva. I see it. it's Carvana. I always mess up this one. Uh C V N A. All right. So Carvana is down there towards 1850 and it's just been kind of Dull, not really doing much here, going sideways. And they came in here downgrading them, announcing a $15 price target. So that's just right underneath it. It's not like it's a bold call. They just feel like this is going to continue leaking down. We'll see what happens on CVNA. It is down today, but not a big breakdown. And it did get a little bit of a spike in the pre-market. It's just hanging on to the support right now. We'll see if it comes back for the $17.50 and starts breaking towards that 15 dollars Price target. Catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? It's good to see you guys in the chat. I saw some friendly faces. I saw even Elliot Lane. I know that he's going to be at the crypto event coming up. I hope that you guys checked out the future of crypto in New York City. Brought to you by Benzinga, of course. Uh, we've talked about it on this show, and I, you guys, have just a little bit more time to nail down those tickets. You want to go ahead and check it out. There's going to be a lot of some crazy faces out there. I think some of the biggest ones, I mean, you got the apes out there. And, of course, you're going to be having Jordan Belford. You'll be having, of course, none other than Mr. Wonderful at this event. You don't want to miss it. Future of crypto in New York City. We got Hertz in the chat. We got MD, Easy, of course, always in there. So if you guys have questions, reach out to the chat. They're there to help you out. They help each other out every single day. And that's why I love this community. Let's continue going into the next headline. Next headline is going to come from Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft announcing that they're downsizing about 1,000 workers as its revenue would likely slow due to weaker sales of Windows licenses. So it just tells me a little bit more insight of what's to come at least in my eyes, I would be concerned about Microsoft's earnings. I know someone put out there even a, they reiterated their kind of buy rating on Microsoft. But to tell you the truth, this worries me about Microsoft. The chart has not looked good for a while. Since it broke there in September, it's not looked good and in my eyes. If this report's bad, Where could it be? It could easily be back down there towards the 220s, 200 price point. I'm going to be looking for Microsoft to pull back. I wouldn't be buying the dip here, but it's to each his own. We'll see what happens there in Microsoft. Letting us know already that there's weaker sales for their Windows licenses. I just wonder if there's weaker sales all around. All right, let's continue going. Let's go to the next one. This is going to be for Velodyne. Of course, that's V-L-D-R. Uh, You guys can check this out. This is a really cheap stock. So full disclosure, I don't have a piece in this at all. I just wanted to bring you the news. So the news here is from Belladyne LIDAR signing a new year multi-year agreement with Vizimine to provide customers in EMEA with a solution including mapping and vegetation management. So pretty much selling uh, some of their LIDAR sensors to this company in a multi-year agreement. Not a bad move here for Velodyne as they really need to get off the ground. And they need some money. They definitely need some money. This is down there to 91 cents. I haven't taken a look at the cash burn, but I'm sure they're in worry right now. So VLDR, we'll see if they can actually get back above $1. That's what I would be looking for. Today, you got to 98 cents. You couldn't even get to a dollar even with a partnership news. All right, let's go to what was hot and what was not. Everybody's favorite segment where we go into what stocks were moving and what wasn't. Let's go take a look here. We'll take a reassessment from the change of the open. Uh, Industrials leading us up today. Actually, not something I expected to see as when I was trading. This was not leading us. This was actually pulling back. Now catching a bounce here. Uh, Aerospace and defense still tells me a little bit more. And that's Lockheed Martin taking the way there. Not a bad move there. An LMT. I hope somebody was able to nail that move. Um, and then, of course, uh, you got NOC uh, north of uh, Grumman. Here you guys see it. NOC also getting some lift here. Uh, not looking like a bad day there for aerospace and defense stock. Mainly defense stocks taking nice lift. Utilities bouncing back utilities and regulated gas not having a bad move there and i not looking too bad here i'm going to take a look at to see which one of these is looking like the best nfe has been a good mover before will this start getting back up there it did do a nice pullback Towards a prior resistance. Now let's see if this can get back through 50. That's what I'll be watching for NFE. Of course, this is regulated gas companies. Um, keeping a close eye on some of these, I think it's to be interesting stock to watch. Even CNP can it get back up there. Of course, gas has been coming down, natural gas down there towards twenty dollars now and not holding that breakout. I know I got caught on a swing trade on UNG, uh, but got out of the trade at least, but hey, hasn't been doing what we expected it to do. Regulated electric, not having a bad day there, but utilities are bouncing back after really being pounded on. You can see it in the XLU um, as it went down there to 61. Now bouncing back, but needs a lot to bounce back for me to even take a look at these uh, kind of utility names. We'll see what happens there. All right, continuing going in what was hot and what was not. If something caught your attention that was a hot stock, definitely throw it up in the chat and we'll talk about it. I got 600 from 90 uh, Mitch today. I sold early and missed out on 1300. The market done spooked you. Well, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton never gets spooked. That's what I would say. And uh, just just tap into your inner Lewis, Right. You don't need to be scared. The only thing you can do is set up trades, keep probability in your favor, and then stick to the plan. If you're making a plan, might as well stick to it, right? Well, I wish you the best, Lewis. Not saying that it's always gonna go into the green, but I know that you have the tools to go ahead and keep battling forward. Uh, Danielle talking about a market pop. Let me take a look there. I got you, Hammer19, coming right up. Uh, let me take a look at the spy spy getting a little bounce there yeah we're finally getting back above the vwap one stock that i've talked about earlier today would it get back above the vwap and hold there's apple now finally cracking through that 145 now it's looking interesting of course new products could give it that lift you want to see tesla get back to the green look at that that was cracking down starting to come back around All right. What's in the red? Technology's in the red today. So definitely some bigger stocks getting into the red in some tech names. You guys can see it with Meta in the red today, TSM in the red. NVIDIA slightly into the green trying to come back here. So we'll see what happens there. Can we get back into kind of that NVIDIA kind of outlook right now? um and i'm just trying to take a look here right are we going to get you know some of these tech stocks to really kind of get that nice push been waiting to see if some of these would get that lift now they're starting to come in uh, after they've been down pretty much all day around 130s 130s we started seeing a little bit of a lift we'll see if the Qs can really get back above the vwap spy is above vwap all right. So I do want to go ahead and talk about uh, REL. I know that you mentioned it in the chat, so I'll go ahead and get into that. And then we could take a look at the financial services as those are getting beaten down and also consumer cyclical flipped right back down. REL, uh, electronic component stock. I don't know too much about this one, so I'm just going to go strictly more off of the daily chart that I have here. Uh, daily has a good level here, a nice little breakout that it's had and it's, hold, and it's held away from the moving averages, which is a good level. I'd be looking for a pullback now because it's already kind of broken out. But it was a good little kind of flagging pattern. It came back down, flagged, and broke right back out of it. Now we can look for a retracement to prior resistance becoming support. So I would look for a move closer towards this kind of $20 to a pullback below that. And to hold, and then come back up through the 20s, what I would be watching. But if I'm just looking for the this to keep running, I don't really have levels to go off of. I mean, if I go back in the monthlies, you're going to start seeing over here. This would be the next level for us. So 2150s into the 22s. That's what I see until it gets through that. That's going to be the kind of the all-time high there for REL. But not a bad stock overall. I mean, definitely holding the daily trend. And there's not too many stocks that are above their 90 MA, above their 50 and above their 200. All right. Uh, Richard for those electrons. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's up? What's up, Polly? How we doing? TLT dollar off the low helping. Yeah. TLT. PLT is a dollar off the lows. I did see um, the 10 year getting up there towards four point something today. Uh, it's, just, it's just, it's tough out there in this market. If you think we're just going to go in one direction, definitely, you probably haven't been watching the markets on a daily action. It's just chop and we're, we're chopping around right now. And I feel like we're going to just close in between today. Just kind of give that in between candle. I don't think we're going to close towards 376, I don't think we're going to close towards 366. I think we're just going to close somewhere in between this candle today. Always here for you, Hammer. And if you ever got a stock you want me to take a look at, just throw it up. I'm here for you. Um, Now, I take a look at financial services. This looked great this morning with Goldman Sachs making that move up. But a lot of these banks just kind of came back. We'll see how they come back towards the close here. Uh, Visa trying to hold back the VWAP. JPM trying to get back to the VWAP. These definitely broke down today, weren't able to hold on their gains. And WFC, uh, Kramer favorite tomorrow yesterday. Uh, he did announce this one that he liked. Uh, and then, of course, it came down. So it would have been a fun one to play on the Kramer inverse ETF. We'll see when we get that Kramer ETF and if we can attack some of these uh, trades that Kramer likes to talk about. But one of them was uh, Wells Fargo to the upside, I just don't see it. We'll see what happens there. Energy names still acting well despite weakness in, uh, yeah, I saw weakness in uh overall. Let's take a look at some of those names. I was watching them today to see if they're going to break down to 100. And you could see XOM did break down towards that 100. So it seems like you're getting kind of these V bottom look right now on XOM. That's a hard one to go through, especially a move down that fast and then getting that bounce back. Let me see where WTI is right now. have not taken a look at it since about an hour ago. Looks like we're at around 84.16, um, down still on the day, but definitely caught the bounce there. So it looks like we got a bounce around 12, 12.30. And if we take a look at the chart, around 12.30 would be right around... So, we're talking about right here. Right around this timing, we started getting a little bit of a bounce there in the futures. We'll see if they can actually hold that bounce. I've been taking a look to see if Crude is going to be able to hold and get back into the 90s, at least for me. I'm looking at WTI. Um, but yeah, I mean, even with the production cuts that we've gotten recently, we were looking for a move back to 100, not a move down there towards 84. So I have a lot to talk about with my next guest and you would be excited to hear about it because we're gonna get into all into the oil talk as as we get into our interview at 145 with Matt Smith. Excited to get into that. Uh, So stay tuned for that team. We got a lot to talk about in oil. Um, Now let's talk about Netflix Uh, before we get into all that oil talk. Of course, today their earnings gonna be reporting after the bell, this is going to be a fun one to watch um, because it's going to be a lot of movement. And, I mean, let's, let's, let's think about it. I mean, overall, um, Netflix on their last quarter, they were, you know, expected to not lose subscribers. And, of course, they uh, lost subscribers. But on this one, they're expecting to add subscribers, right? Now, that is something that we need to pay attention to. Of course, we'll have the earnings call right here. You don't got to go anywhere. Stay tuned right here on Benzinga. We'll have the earnings call for you so that you guys can catch all the action. I will be there watching the earnings call. So if you guys want to come hang out a little bit later today, just as the earnings call are going on, we'll have them on Benzinga and, of course, have a nice chat conversation about what i see from netflix and of course they announced their ad tier so that's going to be of course a, a mention but it's already given right we already know about it i think they gave their push on monday when they tried to get that lift and they got the lift i mean let's just let's just be honest you know on monday they started pushing up there towards the 235 yesterday making a move almost to 250 and i think that that was definitely a decent move up. And now you're starting to see a little bit of a pullback. Well, we'll see what happens. Will it get back into the gap zone on Netflix? We could see, you know, maybe if they add 2 million subscribers, will they get up there to the 260s, 280s and start working their way back after their last earnings had left them right here on their earnings gap. And that was April 20th when it just gapped down. See if they start making some of this gap. All right, and of course, uh, that's not the only stock that's going to be reporting tonight. There's a lot on our calendar. You guys can find this calendar on our Twitter page, so don't miss that. Of course, Interactive Brokers tonight, United Airlines. We'll keep watch to see what happens from uh, these uh, bigger stocks. And of course, I'll see what happens from United Airlines to talk about the airlines. But let's get out of that. Let's get out of the netflix talk we're going to talk about some oil stocks coming up and of course the oil markets so if you guys have any questions into the industry please let me know in the chat and this is your opportunity that i'm calling out for because that's what makes us different right here on benzinga is that you have the opportunity of asking a question so let's get right into our second interview on the day all right matt smith lead oil analyst at america at kepler welcome back it's matt
2: <laughs> how are you doing mitch
0: it's good to have you on you know talking oil i mean it seems like nowadays it seems like everybody wants to talk about oil i'm sure you're getting lots of calls matt and wondering what's going on even today the biden administration Are they making a mistake here releasing another 10 million to 15 million barrels from the strategic oil reserves? What's going on here, Matt? Yeah, so that's more of
2: a headline grab than anything. So this 15 million barrels, if they do release it, which it seems they're going to, is part of a bigger release they were already doing. It was kind of the last 15 million barrels. And so it's more of that headline grab that that's doing. Uh, than anything else. But one other thing that has been coming out today is just the possibility of other intervention in the market by the Biden administration there, because they are so fixated uh, on prices at the pump ahead of the midterm elections here. And so we could see them intervening more. They they may uh, limit uh, refined product exports. And so it's pretty wild at the moment. And so that's why you're seeing that translating into volatility in the oil market prices there.
0: So is OPEC playing nice with Russia or did the production cuts truly make sense for the oil markets?
2: You have to look at it from each groups optics right so from the us obviously very upset that they did this because you know price is kicking around that 90 level uh, and then you've got opec taking supply off the market at the same time too from from opec they've said hey look we're trying to keep our revenue supported here and so you can understand that to a certain extent but at the same time too that action by the Saudis is a shot across the bow of the Biden administration. It's been this series of tit-for-tat responses between the two, kind of escalation there since the summer. And so I I think what we've had is really a decision which benefits OPEC, but also sticks it a bit to the US as well. So it benefits them on, on two fronts. The one most contentious point, though, is that by OPEC plus deciding to cut production, they're essentially saying, hey, look, we're supporting Russia. And so that's the, the 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 key takeaway from that, which is, you know, obviously not a good thing in the situation we're in there.
0: Before we get into the situation with Biden and Saudi Arabia, let's talk a little bit more about the what their intentions were, right, with that production cut. A little part of me was feeling they wanted to get the price up between closer towards that ninety and one hundred range. It seems like, at least for right now. Not being able to accomplish it.
2: No. That's right. And you were just saying this before I came on, Mitch. I and mean, you were right. We we're expecting a bigger bang for the buck with that decision there. But at the same time, too, I think if they hadn't made that cut, then perhaps prices will be pushing into the 70s now because there's just so many recessionary concerns swirling at the moment, so much strength in the US dollar as well. So there's such a headwind against that crude price move higher. Perhaps this decision by OPEC essentially is is front running uh, that or preempting these, uh, these demands. Concerns, and so that's why they made that cut there.
0: Well, the Democrats are definitely pushing on Biden right now to get a little tougher. Any updates with the situation right now with the Biden administration and the Saudi Arabia situation for oil?
2: I would say it's a case of don't when you say don't fight the Fed, you know, you should go and fight the Fed. I think it's the same way with OPEC, and so the US administration can't come back and counter that supply cut by saying hey look we're going to dip into our reserves further and put more oil onto the market they're not going to win that battle and so for now i think the the u.s administration just purely focused on those midterms but yeah there's there's nothing really good that's going to be coming out of any any relations between saudi and us in any time soon i don't think
0: so how do you see this all playing out as we get closer and closer to winter
2: You have two things, Mitch, really. So on the the bearish side, weighing on prices, you have these recessionary concerns, you have that strength in the dollar. And on the flip side as well, we have sanctions on Russia kicking in in early December. And when that happens, that's stopping 900,000 barrels a day of crude going into EU 27 countries, halting it. So you're essentially taking that supply off the market if it can't find a home elsewhere. Some of it will find a home in in, in Asia, most likely, perhaps a little bit in Latin America. But the thing is, it is going to take some of that off the market, which should support prices. So it's really going to be a case of what wins out over the next couple of months, recessionary concerns and and whether we really do start to see demand destruction uh, versus those supply concerns really hitting the market there.
0: For those oil bulls out there, what's holding back to price here? Is it more demand concerned from China? China has been the most bearish element
2: of the oil market this year, just because of the zero COVID policy. Uh, we've seen such lockdowns. We look back at Q2 and I don't think we have the full story here in the West, you know, but like there was up to 400 million people locked in at some point in, in Q2 in China. It's just, just like, you know, mind-blowing numbers, right? And they're still going through lockdowns now because they have zero COVID policy. And so they, they're they going to continue to fight, uh, face headwinds in terms of uh, uh, demand increasing there. And so that's weighing on things a bit. But really, again, it's that strength of the dollar that we're seeing, just because, uh, you know, the price is staying flat here in the US for, for crude or for prices at the pump elsewhere as their currency devalues essentially that that crude price is going higher and higher and higher and so that's limited that's really hurting everywhere else along with all the inflationary concerns with everything else so yeah it's uh, it's a little worrisome to be honest yeah
0: and how the situation really play out in in europe because i mean i know here we're just going to be kind of more worried about the price going up a little bit but it's not going to be more of a panic i feel here in the u.s How do you feel this is gonna play in Europe? Do you feel that there's truly gonna be panic mode?
2: At the moment there isn't, there's quite the opposite. And the reason for that is because they've raced to get their natural gas storages full and they've basically got there now. So interestingly, you're seeing the price of natural gas actually going down simply because they've got full storage. Temperatures have gone up and then it's suddenly like, well, you know, we don't need all this gas. But as soon as they get a cold turn and if we do see sort of momentum there in sort of below normal temperatures, that's when you're going to start to feel that panic kicking in a bit. So, yeah, it's to come, but it's not quite hitting them yet.
0: We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully it doesn't get into that panic mode. Hopefully the reserves keep up enough to keep those furnaces on. We don't want to see no cold houses in Europe. So I appreciate you, Matt, like always coming on and giving us an insight into the oil markets, and we'll definitely have you back. And if for any reason, I see anything moving out there, I'm reaching out to you, Matt. Appreciate (laughs) you coming on. Please do. Thanks, Mitch. All right. Have a great one, Matt. I appreciate him coming on like always. You guys can definitely keep up with Matt Smith. I'll make sure that we have his Twitter in the description below so that you guys can add him. And let's take a quick look into the markets and see what we're doing in the SPY now. As the SPY was trying to come back after a kind of morning sell-off, now it's just hanging out there. And I feel like this is what's going to happen on the day. I don't expect anything changing too much. I think we could even make a little move up And then a little move down. We're going to kind of be fighting the headwinds right now. I don't think we're just going to continue ripping out the water. Of course, this could be a bear market rally. Some people are trying to call it the bottom. But I'm going to stick to the the game where we just keep saying until the Fed pauses or until we see inflation turning around, we still are positioned more into that bearish outlook. Because right now, the headwinds are still above us. And we need to see this turn around. Or maybe it's a turn in the situation that's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Of course, that could definitely turn things around. I feel like we need kind of more of that bullish catalyst that's really going to take this market going where we have a monster of a day versus these rallies that we've been seeing. They've been good rallies and I feel like they're short covering. But when are we going to see the short squeeze with also some big position takes from the bigger Uh, institutional players and money managers. We got to keep watch. We'll see what happens. Today, definitely not a bad day there for certain stocks. Industrials getting back up, and this is something that we got to keep our watch on. Of course, RTX having not a bad day there. Raytheon, of course, getting some lift. We saw Lockheed Martin getting some lift, but also look at Deere and Honeywell. Getting some lift today didn't expect to see these stocks caterpillar getting some lift will these be the stocks that have some good move going into 23 it's not a bad outlook right the infrastructure bill still out there we'll see what happens of course in the markets and we'll continue battling i'll be back at at the close team and i'll see you guys on over um at at the close we won't have joel conan but i'll make sure to kind of wrap up the market action and if you guys want to go ahead and dial into what happened today maybe there's a ticker that caught your attention come over to at the close that's going to be at three thirty. up next you guys will have of course the roadmap coming up next uh they're going to talk of course about the latest action that's been going on in the nft space and I will give you guys some insight. I'm working on uh, jumping into an opportunity with So Rare. And what I mean by that is, I want to go ahead and get into some NFT action that's a little bit more free to play, it has to do with NBA. So if you're an NBA fan, maybe look up So Rare and we'll definitely be talking about it. Or maybe ask Chris about it coming up. I'm sure he'll go ahead and let you guys know all about that. That's coming up next on Benzinga and of course we'll keep battling here with this market looks like cat coming back here the market trying to hold the VWAP one of the things that I would watch for is the cues. the cues were trying to get back to the VWAP and now you're seeing them get right to it Bouncing right off of it. See if it can close above that on maybe a five or 15-minute candle, and then we could actually start seeing some lift. I know Apple was another one that I was keeping a watch because of the new products. It is above the VWAP, held the pullback. Let's see if it starts trying to take out the uh, the open highs that you got up there towards 146.70s. This could really start getting the uh, market moving. SPY not looking too bad, recovering here after the pullback. All the way into about 11.35. And then started catching that bounce. All right. It's good to see you guys in the chat. hurts Hertz, J, Always good to have you guys there. And for everybody that's uh, jumped in, White Raven. Hope you appreciated Quentin. It's good to see you guys in the chat. Danielle in the chat. Polly, And, of course, Lewis Hamilton. Let's go, man. You got to get that, those driving game back up. Uh, Kinder Duke. Play fantasy soccer on So Rare. Hey, well, let me know how it goes on there, Kinder Duke. I want to go ahead and do a little bit of the basketball game, but the fantasy soccer sounded cool too. Let me know how that's been going for you. We'll find out all about that. Come to At The Close 330 up next. The Roadmap. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. I'll see you next time on Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch, and let's keep going on the day. Let's see what the close brings us. We'll <music>